Hello, all you beautiful listeners out there hunkering down in your bunkers. It's time for another Movie Mastery, the show where we watch the movies that you recommend. I am John. Over there is Jeff. Hello there. Today, we have rolled up a movie to watch, and it was actually one that we've rolled before but couldn't find a copy of, but by God, we are lucky today. Mmm, yes, lucky. Yes, very lucky. Yes, That's indeed. how I would describe it. I like that you describe our listeners as beautiful listeners, Tom. Would you say also that they are pretty? I would not. Oh, okay. I would I'm not just, say they're pretty. I'm just checking. I would say they're beautiful. I would w- say they're transcendent. Would you say that they're your beauties? I would say that they are gorgeous. Okay, they're your gorgies. <laughs> they are my gorgies. <laughs> Hello there, gorgies. It's once again, John. Uh... Uh, yeah, so no, we, we are super lucky because if there's one thing I love, it's movie, TV movies from the 70s. Hell yeah. Captain <laughs> America 1979. Now that is January 1979, the first Captain America movie mm-hmm. that was a TV movie starring Red Brown in 1979. The second one starring Red Brown in 1979 was in November. We'll simply have to save that for a future episode. I believe that's Captain America 2, Dead Too Soon. Death Too Soon. Oh, death Too Soon. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. Yeah. I wonder uh, if that one also has like no interesting villain, just sort of... Oh, it's it's just another uh, like corporate guy who wants to poison yeah. America with chemicals. I'm kind of I'm finding myself wondering if these episodes aren't just like stitched together episodes for an attempt at a Captain America TV show because they are so procedural and so boring. Oh my god, it's now if you've listened to this show for a while yeah. since the beginning, probably you probably know that Jeff and I. Hate everything from the 70s. Yes. But especially Jeff. I I, I was only (laughs) alive in the 70s for 23 days. Get off my case. I was dead. That's why why you've only got a little of the stink of the 70s on you. Uh, But yeah, the most of the problems with 70s movies translate over to this as well, Mm -hmm. which is to say people having boring conversations that don't matter in just stark rooms where nothing's going on. Lots and lots of guys with heroically deep voices talking like cops in doctor offices. Anytime anyone gets into a vehicle, we're going to need to follow that vehicle for at least five minutes with nothing happening Mm -hmm. but just shots of the vehicle going somewhere. Pick a sport. Let's just film it for a while. Make sure it's really far away so you can't tell whether or not it's the actor. (laughs) Man, it is just a cavalcade of everything that sucked about 70s movies. Is the villain just yet another indistinguishable white dude in a suit? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they managed to get the rights for Captain America, Mm -hmm. they're calling him Steve Rogers so we don't even have to deal with, like, David Banner. And they do a whole thing where where they're making it that this is the son of the original Captain America. Yeah, so like, oh, your dad used to be Captain America in his day. Yeah, and, and then no one mentions that or talks about it. Like, like there. I mean, we'll talk about because it it's kind of an like right before the credits end reveal. But but the whole thing where, where this dude's dad was like just Captain America, like regular old Captain America, and he's like, yeah, I'm just a normal soldier. My dad was just like a normal scientist. He never talked about his work much. I know he often left the house in a skin tight blue suit with a super shield. <laughs> But I always figured, you know, that's just what scientists do, man. I'm just, just trying science. to mellow out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, who baby, we're going to get into the full blow by blow. Not that there's many blows to blow here. No, there's very little blows to blow. <sighs> the, but man, there's a lot of pulling out. 
there's so, everyone is always trying to pull out yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Careful, you have to pull out. He's about to blow. He's coming your way. You, you should bet. pull out. <laughs> Constantly. Ugh. But yeah, I will go ahead and tell you right now, this movie, I think the only thing that saves it for me is Reb Brown. Yeah. Reb Brown, <laughs> He's the hunter from the future. <laughs> the space mutineer himself. Oh, God bless you, you slab hard cheese. I love you. <laughs> Yeah, Dick Peck Thrust is uh he's at his his best in this movie, which is to say that that there are multiple minute long shots of him just dumbly not recognizing what's going on in a room. It's so good. <laughs> I got to say, I absolutely love his character in this too because they finally stopped being like, "Oh, we should quit trying to make you like I'm a cool hero." And to start with, he's just kind of like, hey, I'm a, just, I'm a guy. I'm a mellow dude. Hey, everybody. It's me. I don't want to do stuff. <laughs> I look like a jacked Garfunkel, and I talk like one, too. Uh, oh, jacked Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been his secondary career move after the breakup. Right? Paul Simon just keeps getting smaller and smaller, but meanwhile, Garfunkel gets jacked. Oh, hell yeah. He just hangs out and gets fucking yoked with Carrot Top. <laughs> Just two dudes with big froze and total yokes. <laughs> also, Bob Ross is there. He's still dead, though. I mean, also dead, yeah. He's there in spirit. I, I don't remember if Garf... I think Garfunkel's alive, yeah. Good. Yeah, keep, Garfunkel's alive. Keep going, Garfunkel. <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep going, Garfunkel t-shirts available on... Uh, <laughs> I'm going Garfunkel. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to play a little music. We're going to come right back with all of the spoilerific details for Captain America. All right, it is time to jump right in. Let's get into that hot van driving action. God. I mean, you know this is a 70s movie when it starts out and there's like, hey guys, we're going to start this movie with some credits and 10 minutes of a dude driving. Also some like drag daddy cop show music because it's all, you know, that 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 stuff, you know, that that exact song. And it's just... A big blue 70s as fuck van oh. driving what down what looks kind of like Big Sur, like it's going down the one or something. Yeah, it, that's, I mean, as far as I could tell from the conversations that happen and the placement they're supposed to be. I mean, this is going to be the one time in the movie where the geography makes any sense. Yeah. Because he's near the beach and he's doing beach stuff. From this point forward, no matter where he goes or what he says he's doing, he's driving around dirt bike tracks somewhere in the, in the uh, Orange County Hills. Somewhere yeah. in some hills. <laughs> who knows? Uh, so, yeah, you you know you're getting quality with 10 minutes of vanning around. Uh-huh. And then when he finally comes out, it is just the lowest action, no energy, just... Hey, man. Yeah, it's like Bob Ross gets out of the van. It's just a, a beefy Bob Ross pops out. He stops at some surf shack with his friend, and he's like, hey, man. And, and his friend's like, you got a real mellow van there, friend. Oh, I know. It's been my home for several weeks. Just yeah. driving the coast. 
just got out of service and I'm planning to just drive around for two years or something. Just finding myself. That's what I'm about. And I was like, oh, right, because that's what heroes were in the 70s. Just dudes just, in vans. Just dudes in vans who were like, yeah, man, I don't mean no one no harm, and I don't want no one to mean no harm to me. Of course, what that actually means is that our hero does not want to be a hero or join in any conflict in any way. No, no. He just wants to smoke in a van. That's his whole life. The great thing about this scene, though, is it introduces his, like, surf shop owning buddy mm -hmm. and we will never see him again no. which is very weird yeah yeah he's like hey i'll come see you in town in a couple of days huh well because he hangs out with him for a few minutes and then realizes that he's been getting a lot of telegrams he's like oh i had two telegrams back at the base and now one here yeah and i haven't read any of them <laughs> so he opens one up and it's just like from a guy named uh miller miller yeah dick miller or whatever the guy's name is <laughs> yes that's right yeah it's Simon. It's Simon Miller. Yeah. In the movie, Simon Miller. It's uh, Simon and Schuster. For for whatever reason, he gets this thing from Simon Miller, a person he has never heard of, and he's like, "Oh, this this is probably emergency. Can I use your phone?" Yeah. Just immediately is like, "Oh, some random person I've never heard of said, hey, please call me. I should do that immediately.'" Yeah, that's really important. And then you know they call. They get it. He gets a different guy, uh, who's like, "Hey, yeah, can you come to this science lab in Thousand Oaks immediately?" Uh, I, it's very, very important. Yeah, because he has two different things. There's one is the actual person that he knows. Yeah, uh, who was a friend of his father that he's calling and is like, "Hey, I need to talk to you, and it's important, and I can't talk here." Yes, that's but right. But then he's also calling up Mills to be like, "Hey, Mills, what's yeah. your deal?" Yeah, because this we there's this dude who's like his dad's old friend in the movie. Who? Yeah, Hayden. Hayden who is barely, he, he's just like a, a cop figure. You, you you rarely see him, and he doesn't really matter. No, uh, he, I mean, spoiler alert, he's going to die before he ever gets oh, is that, to talk. Oh, is that Jeff, too? I was mixing him up with a different boring dude. No, no. Okay. He talks to Jeff Hayden and Steve Mills and Stephen Simon Miller Band. Simon Mills. <laughs> he talks to the Stephen Miller Band mm. and Miller he talks Genuine to, Draft. He talks to Simon Cowell <laughs> and Simon from the Chipmunks. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, he talks to Post Serial and General Miller. He talks to Post Serial and Post Malone. Indeed. And Kevin Malone. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I can yes. keep doing this all. Yes. No. Okay. So he's like, sure, I can be in Thousand Oaks in just a couple of minutes. I'm only a few miles down the or down or up or something the coast. Up or down the coast. Don't, it's not really apparent. <laughs> don't worry about it, because from this point, we're going to use B-roll footage that shows me driving south and north along the california coast in equal measure yeah that's the one sad thing is you can't just show someone driving along like you can in normal things because when they're by the coast that tells you which way they're going especially if it's the west coast like in and in california specifically like sure you can kind of get lost around the bay area because there are big parts of it where like there's yeah i mean if you go into san francisco sure you could have some water on either side of you yeah depending. but this guy's out he's in orange county basically he's in, malibu he's around malibu and and there's all these shots of him being like yeah i could be in thousand oaks and they just starts driving southbound and you're like what are you doing man and then it cuts and he goes back to him and he's driving northbound and you're like what is what happening i i guess it was hard in the 70s like he didn't have maps or anything you know oh no yeah so um he eventually gets to you know science science building well first oh we, right we have his we have the moment where he gets trapped or whatever yeah. So he was being watched by someone in some car for some reason. Mm -hmm. And they decide that this chunky 
stoner dumbass. Well, keep, he's not chunky. He's beefy. He's 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 muscular. He's Red Brown. He's a he's big Red body. Brown, and he has big old muscles. There you go. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, we got to take care of this guy. So we have set up a roadblock with like actual construction like vehicles. Like there's a fucking caterpillar or whatever there. And but the thing, yeah, there's a big old caterpillar. Uh, or, well, it's a tanker truck that dumps crude oil all over the road. No, that's how he gets up there. Is the roadblock that sends him oh, off the road? Yeah, there's a construction crew that moves him into a, a, into some detour thing, which coincidentally also leads us into this movie's big uh, set piece, which is just dirt roads somewhere, yeah. somewhere with a lot of rolling hills and dirt roads. They're like, hey, sorry, roads closed. You got to go up through this mountain pass. But I love that he's driving along a dirt road, and then someone oil slicks him on a dirt road, and he's like, oh no, so slippery. Yeah, and you're like that wouldn't work on dirt. Also, like, I know that the, like, the tanker comes out and is dropping oil for a ways. I yeah. get it. But he's, like, at one point just sort of sh- going straight mm-hmm. and sliding forward, and then he just, like, keeps jerking the wheel. I'm like, my dude. It's a long spin. Just, just stop. chill. Just stop, yeah. Just chill out, my man. Yeah. Uh, there's a point where he's going backwards for a good 15 seconds. Now. But eventually, you know, he, he slips and slides. He shows his value as a pretty good driver because he doesn't fall immediately. But eventually it's too much, and the van goes off the road, and he, he gets all he go, torn up. He goes down a 10-foot d- yeah. drop. Uh, the van flips, and he just sort of gets out of it and is like, oh, man, that was... Oh, that no. ripped my polo shirt. Oh, my polo. Well, at least this dirt bike's okay. And then that's the end of it. Yeah, like this we, guy's so mellow that he does not seek restitution. No. The next scene after him just looking at the uh, van for about 30 seconds in silence. God, there's so much silence and just looking at stuff in this. Because, yeah, he just walks around and surveys the damage for a good minute and a half. And we go to this lab where he meets up with Miller, the person that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't mention, like, man, it's good thing I'm here. I just had a horrible accident. Uh, nope, nothing. Yeah, no mention. And is it's made part of, it. of the plot that he doesn't mention this because mm-hmm. later on the guy's like, "Man, I wish you had told me that when we first met." Yeah. Also, he apparently went rummaging around in his own van because he shows up with a change of clothes. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, he gets there and they're like, "Hey, what do you know about your father's scientific work?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. Am I supposed to be Peter Parker right now?" <laughs> This doesn't seem like the storyline for Captain America. Yeah, you know, even if you were to say that my dad was Captain America, you're still combining him and Erskine into the same into the same character. This is weird. This is very strange that yeah. you're doing this. <laughs> but uh, no, he's like, yeah, your dad invented a super steroid, the ultimate steroid, the most powerful steroid ever invented. It and will it was shrivel a, your dick right off. It was immediately stolen from us by the professional baseball players of America. <laughs> Yeah, they they invented... Unfortunately, Pete Rose ate the last of it. <laughs> yeah, his dad apparently invented Flag, which is full latent... Ability gain. Ability gain. That's right, because this whole thing is about gains. Yes, and he keeps mentioning gains. Oh, what are my gains going to be like, bro? What are, what are my gains going to be? <laughs> Says Red Brown, clearly having to say stop line after every two words for that sentence. <laughs> every, every cue card is just two words because that's as much as he can handle on one cue card. What are line, line my gains? My gains? No, don't, don't help me. Don't, 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 don't help me. My gains? Line? <laughs> gonna be no. Shh. 
line. Yeah, the <laughs> the whole thing is he shows fucking Steve Rogers. He's like, hey, we've got this formula, but for some reason it doesn't work on anything else because your dad made it from his own like naturally expressed gland. cells he said yeah he, he he went into his own adrenaline gland and grabbed stuff out of there mm-hmm. and then the only other place that his cells ever went into was in the creation of you his only son the only other place his cells went into was your mom's gash you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> eh? eh? all right i'm adopted oh <laughs> shit god damn it shoot <laughs> we'll have to get your brother fred rogers <laughs> Yeah, the only actual thing I ever knew about my dad was that he couldn't have children because he shot red, white, and blue loads. <laughs> it basically looked like he was coming crest. <laughs> but spanglier. Uh, yeah, I remember him saying that every once in a while. Oh, God, honey, I'm going to spangle. <laughs> spangle! <laughs> He'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. yeah they, they so show they show them rats, rats, and they're pulling like, oh, this is for a human equivalent. It would be like 2,000 pounds. I, I, and he's just like, wow, that's very impressive. And not like, yeah, things things that are very small can lift much more comparatively to what we can. Yeah. Ants they aren't sh- super strong. It's just that shit doesn't weigh anything at an ant level. Yeah, no. They show a mouse going regular mouse speed on a wheel, and they're like, this mouse is going the equivalent of 50 miles an hour for a human. And he's not like... Oh, yeah, that's... Isn't that what all rats do? That's what rats do. (laughs) Scale miles an hour are never as impressive as you think they're going to be when you say them. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) we see some probably very normal rats. Yes. But Red Brown is very impressed with them. I like the idea that they jack up these rats just for this one second shot in a a TV movie. (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, we... We put some roids in these rats. <laughs> we fucked with these rats. That's cinema verite, baby. <laughs> when we tell you in the movie that they're going to die in a week, we mean it in real life, too. Well, I'm sure they didn't even survive the movie set. This was before the ASPCA. I'm sure as soon as they said cut, they just picked those rats up and threw them in a blender. They're like, there we go. <laughs> Here rats. you go, Red. Here's your, here's your milkshake. <laughs> oh, it's got a lot of gains, right? Yeah, it's got lots of gains. <laughs> yeah, so many gains. <laughs> no, but like, they're like, yeah, so... The problem with this serum is that everything that takes it goes mad and dies in two weeks. And immediately my thought was, oh, cool, because that means, you know, that's a real easy way to get to a Red Skull, because if he takes it and turns into that, then someone else can take it and go mad and become the Red Skull. Mm -hmm. But no, there's no Red Skull in this. I don't think there's a Red Skull in the sequel either. I remember the the, the 90s one has a Red Skull and it looks so bad. Yes. He's like an Italian guy. The 90s one does have a Red Skull. Yeah, like an Italian Red Skull. Um, so, but yeah, they're like, here's the thing. We want to run some tests to see if this medication would work on you or at least pull some cells out of you to help us research a way to have it work on other people. Yeah. And he's like, it's your dad's cells and you've got some version of that. So we'd like to at least see what's going on with your cells and this. Yeah. And he's like, well, let me tell you something. I just got out of the Marines. And after three military schools and three years in the Marines, my whole life has been nothing but yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir, and I want no more part of it. I just want to be me, you know? I just want to spend a few years discovering who this guy is. And you're just like, I hate this guy. I want to get out on the road and really discover myself sexually. (laughs) In that van. Yeah, you want to come? (laughs) You want to spangle over in my van? (laughs) Oh, I do it too, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, obviously. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he just turns them down. Yeah, he's just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. 
I I know that you have a whatever weird super serum, but uh, I mostly just want to bum around California and I guess surf, although we never see him surfing. No. I guess he just wants to be near the coast for reasons. Well, he seems to like doing art. He likes to draw pictures of the beach. Yes. Uh, and they do mention, they give him some basic details about his dad. They're like, yeah, your dad was a scientist. He invented a serum and then he went on to be a great American patriot who helped people. But we don't get the rest of the details yet. Yeah. Well, he leaves and he goes to his friend Jeff's house. He's like, Jeff, you in here? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. And I found myself wondering if that was a reference to Patriot, who was like a uh, World War II era Captain America equivalent kind of guy who eventually became the third Captain America because mm-hmm. uh, his name was Jeff Mace. <laughs> but no, of course not, because this movie is all a bunch of guys named things like Planter and Hayden and Parker, who's not a... Who, who's not a Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just a bunch of dudes with like regular names. Like they only had the rights to Captain America. Yes. Apparently that's all they could get. But uh, yeah, he goes to visit his buddy who told him he couldn't talk right now. Mm -hmm. He gets there and, oh, he can't find him. And no, no, he's, he's dying on the ground. Old Jeff. Yeah. Jeff's dying. And, and in classic movie tradition, uh, he manages to say a few cryptic things. Yeah. He's, Catherine, please. Her help. Yeah. You want me to please Catherine? If you've been having trouble pleasing Catherine? Well, I'll spangle. <laughs> I'll spangle as hard as I can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he finds him dead. She's, he says Catherine and help and find her. Uh, and then he dies. And as Reb Brown runs off to phone the paramedics, a sneaky secret bad guy comes in the room and takes a little camera off his desk. Yeah, because Red Brown finds one of those tiny-ass little spy cameras. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ooh, look at this, mm-hmm. and then puts it down. And then apparently the person who was killing his buddy Hayden was in the closet the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he can't come out because it's the 70s. Yeah, he's got to stay in the closet in the 70s. But uh, he eventually leaves and steals the camera and the uh, the like far side desk book. calendar, yeah, yeah he had the a de- desk calendar. He had a desk calendar, and and we don't remember exactly what it said on it, but it was something about cow tools. He had some kind of Jim Davis <laughs> calendar on his desk. <laughs> I don't remember what the calendar was about, but I feel like it was about living large. <laughs> I don't know. I think someone was asking where their pipe could be. <laughs> oh, early Garfield. Uh, but uh, yeah. So he calls the paramedics, and the next we cut to another se- the next scene right away, which is him talking to Simon Miller, who's managed to show up again. Mills, Simon Mills, yeah, along with uh, Hayden, the the other guy. Oh man, Hayden's the guy who died. Oh, sorry. Uh, whatever the other cop's name is, the other- there's there is an FBI agent that yeah. does not matter. Yeah, no, he he shows up in a lot of scenes. I don't remember his name, but the two of them are there, and they're like grilling him on the exact details of what happened in here. Yeah, they're like, "Ooh, did you see anything? Is there anything out of place?" And he's like, "No, he just said Steve, my name, Catherine." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, he wants your na- his name to be Catherine? <laughs> my name, Catherine. My name, please, Catherine, please." <laughs> And, and obviously that's ridiculous because it's 1979, so we're not going to respect that wish. No, goodness, no. <laughs> His name is Jeff, silly. <laughs> uh, 
and eventually he's like, oh, hey, there was a tiny little spy camera here, and that's gone. And also someone stole his desk computer. And they're really grilling him about the exact minute that this happened. Like, what's the exact time? And it was like 10 after, 10 after 8, man. What do you want from me? Ooh. Was it the exact time? Well, how could that matter? It will matter a great deal. It will not. <laughs> there is nothing that will matter about that for the rest of this movie. <laughs> We're dealing with 852, man. He's a supervillain who strikes at 852. Oh, uh, well, this happened at 912. Oh, damn it. Oh, crap. It's 912. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, his mentor. <laughs> uh, I remember 912 was taken out of action by 852 because he struck first. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, they do that. And then of course we need to meet our villain of the movie, uh, something Brooks. Bracket. Bracket. That's right. Lou Bracket. Yeah. His name's just Bracket. Lou Bracket, owner of. Yeah. He's a Lou Bracket. Yeah. He opens a Lou, he opens up. He's got a real big Lou Bracket. I mean, he does technically own an oil refinery. I guess you could probably call that a Lou Bracket. Yeah. And good old Mr. Bracket here is trying to get the microfilm that Jeff took mm-hmm. of some neutron bomb plans yeah, he because needs... he's making a neutron bomb. Yeah, well, he's got a, a toady making a new named bait or rate or something. Uh, Wait. Uh, making... no, he's got a generic scientist. He's got a generic scientist toady uh, who is building him a neutron bomb, but without the very specific linear time equation that's only found on this film reel that, that Jeff Hayden has hidden away, uh, that, that it's basically just a big clock. Yeah. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And Brackett's mad, and he's like, okay, well, how did this happen? Well, we sent Parker in there. Oh, and Parker used his way too heavy hands, didn't he? And they're like, yeah. no, it's not like that. Parker just went in there to talk to him. And then when he it wasn't, was an accident. Yeah, and when he wasn't forthcoming, Parker killed him. That's what it was. That's <laughs> it, all. It was just an accident. Parker went in there and he killed him. But you know how it is. He hates to lose. <laughs> he just can't. <laughs> this is my fault for hiring mostly thugs to do my thugging. <laughs> uh, so, so he's like, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go like ransack the house again also or we also need to kidnap rogers get whatever information because obviously he was in the house so he must know where the film is yeah because he gets told parker said that uh jeff said something to steve right before he died and, and we need like, to know what it is and he's like how come steve rogers isn't already dead i sent him i sent you to kill him with oil my signature weapon <laughs> oh well i guess he survived Going down 10 feet of a dirt road, so uh, who could have known? Well, arrange another accident that works this time after you kidnap him and find out where my film is. And indeed they do. They just tell him to meet them at a gas station, and he does, because he's big dope. Yeah. And, you know, he shows up and he's like, hey, you know anything about what happened? And there's like, eh, where's the film? We're bad guys. We're not even going to try and play along. Yeah, they cut, they just get out of the car, and he's like, yeah, what can you tell me about what happened? Because that's what they they called him. They yeah, said, they're like, ooh, we've we got information. information, but we have to meet you alone. Yeah, but he, he shows up at the gas station, they're like, yeah, just tell us where the film is. How would you know the, about me being there? I don't need to spell that out. We're bad guys. We do bad guy stuff, and we're about to do bad guy stuff. To, oh, he got in a motorcycle. No, I got it. Damn Shoot. it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I love these bad guys who are just like, hey. We're bad guys, and you got to respect that we... Aw, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Brackett's like, was it a good idea for me to send Joey expositions? <laughs> I probably should 
I mean, I know I had uh, Joey car rides taking him out there. <laughs> Uh, but I, I got too many Joey's. I got Joey car rides, Joey expeditions, Joey expeditions? Parker. <laughs> oh, sorry, expositions. Also, Joey expeditions. But he's off right now. <laughs> he's off. He, he's in the deepest, darkest Africa. He's in Wakanda. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, Steve takes off. And now this is the second time that someone has tried to murder him. But he's still just like, no, nah, I'm good. This is also our first taste of what this movie is. Mostly dirt bike footage. <laughs> Uh, endless dirt bike footage sometimes with the sound on and sometimes not yeah <laughs> god damn it so they chase this dirt bag for around or, or dirt they chase, dirt, oh, they chase well, this dirt bag around <laughs> they chase this dirt bag on a dirt bike around eventually they run him off a road and he falls down a cliff for the second time <laughs> <laughs> yep only this is a bigger cliff yeah and we get to watch a red brown dummy fall down the hill and um, uh which is just, not red brown just, we just cut to him in a hospital after that and i have to wonder you were on some random dirt road one who called and got you to a hospital and two why didn't these goons just be like oh we should probably also shoot him for good well, measure we watch the goon watch him crash and the goon has like this look of horror on his face and then he just skedaddles and my guess is because he didn't get a chance to ask him about the film so he's completely convinced that bracket's gonna kill him now yeah uh. So he's like, oh, shoot. I, I bet you he that, that goon in particular just drove right out of the movie at that point. It was like, well, if I go back and be like, yeah, we killed him, boss. And also, I forgot to ask him questions. You really should have sent Joey interrogations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that one actually comes back because he's the one who kidna- kidnaps him later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but, but yes, he goes to the hospital and he is dying. Mm-hmm. And Steve Rogers is on the way out when fucking Steve Miller <laughs> band shows up. <laughs> do that a- just doing it to bug me now, aren't oh, you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what was the name of the ref on Celebrity Deathmatch? We could go with that guy, too. I think his last name was Mills. Uh, yeah. Mills Lane. Mills Lane, not Mills, his last yeah, name. Yeah, first name, yeah. Yeah, ref, ref Mills Lane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mills Lane shows up, and he's like, I'll allow it. <laughs> but yeah, they're like he's basically talking to a woman. I think her name's like Elizabeth or something, but she's just sort of the extra lady in this movie There's she's she is ostensibly the assistant to him on this project of the super serum and, and you'd think she'd be the love interest but they get the kiss dispensed within the first 20 minutes of the movie and then just never talk about that again yeah they're like oh i like you anyway that doesn't matter yeah done with that thank you uh but he's like look he's not gonna survive except there may be one way go get me the ser- the the, the uh, serum out of my office and i'll inject him if we unlock his latent body potential gains Mm -hmm. then he might pull through only one thing can charge this man's crystals um (laughs) and she's like no that'll kill him and and he's gonna die anyway now do what i say yeah get into my wood paneled office and dig around in there amongst my 70s knickknacks and accoutrement you're gonna have to move a bunch of fondue equipment out of the way (laughs) uh so yes they inject him with the super serum and indeed it saves his life. Yeah. Well, he he uh, wakes up in a hospital bed a few days later with Mills looking at him, and Mills is like, well, you got run off the road by thug gangs. And, and you know, he's like, who did that? Why? What happened? How can I? What, what do I need to do? And Mills is like, there's something I need to tell you, son. I injected you with the serum. Oh, man. That means I'm going to die. Well, no, I... The serum actually worked for you. It bonded correctly. There's no cell degradation. You're going to be fine. But 
but what if I die anyway? I mean, it could be in a week or a month or even a year. <laughs> uh, but he's like, I'll never know exactly when I'm going to die. And you did that to me. No one knows guy- exactly <laughs> when they're going to die. Shut up. What are you, the Cyclops from Krull? <laughs> Get out of here, Steve. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, <laughs> he gets real angry. And even though he has superpowers now, and this includes super healing as well, because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you should still be completely laid out, but you're almost better now. Yeah. He's like, I will not participate in your war, man. No, I, I'm going to just be who I am. And I don't want to, I don't want to fight like my dad did. I want to just, you know, chillax. <laughs> <laughs> And I honestly cannot remember the logical progression from this scene to when he's at the beach with the assistant. Uh, it's He gets kidnapped after this. Oh, this is, okay, right. That's the kidnapping. Right, right the meatpacking plant. God. Yeah, he has to go to the meatpacking. This meat movie packing. was so aggressively boring that, yeah. He gets, well, it's because between every scene is mm-hmm. about 10 minutes of someone driving somewhere. Yeah. So it's real easy for everything that's happening to just dissipate out of your head. Yeah. So a nurse comes in to like let him know he can leave tomorrow, and he's like, how am I? medically speaking and she's like you're the most healthy patient there's ever been yeah medically speaking you're so hot (laughs) and he's like whoa thank you and then she leaves and immediately a dude comes in with a gun it's just like yep we're gonna take a little ride Ah. in in what i think is the second of five times someone with a gun says we're gonna take a little ride in this movie uh and i'm pretty sure this is cobbled together from episodes (laughs) because because they keep doing things that I mean, you'd think how many movies have four dirt bike scenes, two part, two scenes of the same guy getting run off cliffs. Well, I got to say, if that's the case, every single one of those episodes was the worst. Oh, yeah. Because this is a movie where we don't get any sort of Captain America nonsense until like an hour in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he gets kidnapped and dragged to a meatpacking plant. They they give him the time to get dressed, and this is when he's at his Garfunkelist. Yeah, he's got a nice blue turtleneck with like a vest over with it. A blue vest over his blue turtleneck. He looks like what Gallagher probably looked like in high school. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah, <they're>, completely yoked. <laughs> yeah, yoked out of his mind <laughs> instead of just regular out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you got to tell us where the film strip is, and we'll let you live a little longer. And then they keep punching like, him. I don't know where it is. I don't know what that is. Oh, wrong oh, answer. Hayden told you something. Yeah, it wasn't where the film was, though. Yeah. So eventually he just managed, just because he's super strong now, to snap the ropes they have him tied up with. And he just sort of grabs a meat hook and slides away. Oh, because he's in a meat pack, by the way. He's in a, you know. Yeah, he's this, in the meat packing plant. Yeah, one of, one of those hucks, rooms full of carcasses. He hucks one of the, like, goons into another goon and then, like,. Punches the other guy so he falls down. And then grabs and then a zipline thing and yeehaws sl- away just, on a fucking meat hook. Just slowly rides out of the frame. <laughs> this is not a zipline. No, he's just on one of those rotating meat hooks and he goes around to the corner. Whee! And that is enough to foil <laughs> the bad guys. Yeah, now we have to do one of those walking slowly through the meat scenes like it's Predator 2. Uh, but then he just shoves one of the meat walls into a into a goob, and a then he's a meat wall. Yeah, and then it, he throws meat under the meat at a guy, and then throws meat around the meat at another guy. Yeah, because he he, <laughs> he distracts one guy by throwing meat like towards his feet, so he turns around and then he throws meat on a hook around that little thing towards him, mm-hmm. which 
How do you not hear that coming from so very far also, away? Also, uh, Reb Brown slash Captain America is so pleased with himself in this scene. Well, when we see him after he's <laughs> yeehawed himself away, he is holding himself up like doing a full pull up mm-hmm. by one hand on the meat hook. And he's just like, oh, shit, I'm ripped. This is great. Neat. And then he just throws meat at people till he wins, hangs them all from meat hooks and calls the police. Yeah. And <laughs> now it's time for the beach. Yeah, now it's time for him to be at the beach and get, I don't know, kissed by a for, rose on the grave. Yeah, like uh, the assistant from the lab is sent to kind of like convince him to be a part of the team, uh, which she's like, I don't want to convince you the way I was sent to convince you, which I have to assume is like, go seduce this guy. Well, yeah, because she's, meant- she's just in like a sexy one piece bathing suit and they're frolicking on the beach. And I have to imagine... What was Steve did, thinking was going on right now? Did we now? skip a couple steps here? What's what's happening? It's like, oh yeah, of course we're going to go oh, on I a fun beach Oh, I just got kidnapped day. at gunpoint. Did she want to frolic on the beach? <laughs> and if it was her idea, what is he doing accepting? Yeah, he should be like, no, I, don't, I want no part of your evil government. Whatever, man. But this is just a sex date. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, she she basically is like, hey, you should really help out. Like, your father helped out. Don't you want to live up to your father's legacy? Uh, and he's like, hey, you're pretty. And he kisses her. And she's like, you shouldn't have done that because Mills is looking at us. <laughs> and sure enough, here comes Mills on down the beach. It's great. He he Mills starts the conversation by silently removing his jacket when he arrives at their beach spot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, he's going to strip down, isn't he? <laughs> you guys ready to swing? <laughs> <laughs> Room for one more. Mind if I play through? Rogers. <laughs> Tina, you can get out of here. Good work buttering him up, Tina. I'll take it from... It's not Tina. Tina's the daughter. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Liz or something. Wendy, that's right. Wendy. Wendy is the other one. Good luck. Good good job buttering him up, Wendy. Now he's ready for me. Uh, that's right. She's the butter and I'm the rosemary. Well, can I be the garlic then? Nope, you're the steak. Oh. So, uh... So this is the point where he walks him around on the beach and is like, look, son, your father was a damned hero. He fought people at the tops of corporate ladders. He went as high as villains would go. Dag an airplane? <laughs> what do you do? He's on the top of a skyscraper? Was that punching like guys? evil astronauts? <laughs> did, did he punch the moon? Because <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I love the moon. And, yeah, and he's like, he's like, look, look, son, your father was a damn hero. In fact, they started calling him by a name because they were trying to mock him for how how uh, steadfast he was in his pursuit of justice. They called him Captain America. That's right. Even though he wasn't a captain of any kind, and I don't think America had anything to do with it, but. You know, that's what they started calling him. It's not worth it to me, man. When my father died, all I got out of it was a sweet house and a bunch of money and a van and a letter from the president, who's a man I don't even know, which is actually- I don't even know who the president is right now. I don't know that guy. What is this? Jimmy Carter? Letter from Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, but at this point, he's vaguely convinced to start helping a little bit. And he shows this by handing Mills a drawing he has made of Captain America, but with shittier costume. Yeah, I had this drawing of what I thought Captain America would look like if he was designed by an idiot. <laughs> His drawing of Captain America, if he had clown suspenders. <laughs> Just imagine if Jack Kirby wasn't around. This is, might be what Captain America looks like. <laughs> Shitty. <laughs> 
Wow, that's a very 70s Captain America, son. Now, why don't you come with me? Because I want to take you on an interesting drive. (laughs) Don't worry. It won't be interesting. (laughs) And we are going to film all of it. That drive will be fully filmed. So we go right back out to... The same construction site as that first van crash, because that's the footage space we have in yeah, this movie. Yeah, they, they just rented some dirt space area somewhere, and they're yeah. like, great, this is where everything happens. They just rented some empty count campground with a dirt bike track in it. <laughs> and uh, he's like, whoa, is that my van? There's his van just parked in an empty field. He's like, yes, we got it out of the repair shop you had it, and I made a few improvements <laughs> and then you parked it in an empty field why aren't we at like a military base or something budget reasons <laughs> no thank you <laughs> so, so he goes to, they open it up and they look inside and it is just a swinging 70s fuck van oh my god it's it is the kind of van that i wish i had because it's basically a mobile home that yeah. has been just compacted down to van size yes it's got like a little kitchen in there mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah uh, and he's like, oh, it looks pretty much the same. Yeah, it's supposed to. Now, watch what happens when I do this. The cardboard comes off. <laughs> and now there's your bike in here. There's this ultra cheap looking effect of the walls of the van sliding down. Yeah, they've got the hydraulic they, noise. So yeah. it's like. But you can see the them rattling as they go down because they're just being dropped by ropes from people off screen who aren't doing a very good job. It's so good. It's so bouncy. And then sure enough, there's a super motorcycle back there. He's like, whoa, what's up with that? How do you even get it out of the van? There's a rocket assist to launch it out of the van, and then a different jet assist to make the bike go faster. Yes, and here's the shield. Now, you might be wondering why I'm giving you a shield that looks like it's just the top of an umbrella that's plastic, (laughs) but it's because we don't have budget. (laughs) Yeah, the shield in this movie is probably the most famous part of this movie. Uh, It is a plastic thing with red stripes and a star in the middle. There's no blue on it anywhere. Yeah, the blue that would be there is clear, so you can see through it. And it's wobbly. It's immensely wobbly. It's so good, because he gets on the bike and starts driving, and the shield's on the front, and it is just like... And even before that, there's a part where Mills takes it off the bike to explain it. He's like, yes, it's made out of a ultra super high-tech polymer that we invented. Completely bulletproof. And it's quite a deadly weapon in its own right. And then he just sort of awkwardly throws it off show screen. You. Throws it, and it goes... I'd say slower than your average Frisbee. <laughs> we just get a long shot of it just sort of awkwardly wafting in the sky. Yeah, just... Just the top of an umbrella floating mm. awkwardly around, mm-hmm. and then... Roughly the speed of the great glass elevator at the end of the chocolate factory. And, you know, Steve catches it, and he's like, wow. <laughs> this is shitty. I mean, when he throws it, you can even see it wobbling in the air shot of it. It's amazing to just me. deforming in place. How would it not have been just as expensive to be like, can we get some hard, just a hard plastic disc? How hard is that? Just a metal thing. Just give him a metal. Just just spray paint a walk. No, I mean, even if you were like, no, we don't want a metal thing because, I don't know, liability or something. Maybe someone will get hurt. But even then, I mean, just you, a, a plastic disc that you painted to look like Captain America's shield. I mean, the, pro- the problem with the liability issue is that when Mills throw the sh- throws the shield and then Red Brown catches it, that is the last time in this movie that that shield is thrown. Oh, yes. He does not throw the shield. He'll get it out again. Yeah. But that's mostly just, just to, to block, block a bullet. Yeah, he blocks one bullet with it in the rest of this movie. It was not worth making this thing. No. Ugh. Like, they had to have it because he's Captain America, but by God, they did not want to use it. <laughs> they did not want it. They made the cheapest possible version of it. 
Uh, so at this point, <laughs> we get the main villain bracket is talking to Tina, Jeff's daughter, mm-hmm. and is trying to like convince her to help him because I guess Hayden and Brackett were friends from way back. Well, it's weird because they set it up at the beach. They're like, they're like, did it, did he say we checked with Tina? Tina doesn't know anything, and and um, Captain America's like, yeah, man, she doesn't know anything because she was super distraught when you asked her. You should take her to a nice lunch and butter her up instead. Be nice to her, then she'll reveal more details. <laughs> cut to cut to the villain doing that. I also love that. Didn't mention it, but the very first time when she shows up after Hayden has died. She's like, she gets real sad, and then a doctor in the next scene comes back and goes, well, I've given her a sedative, and we should probably take her to the hospital. She's sad, and women aren't allowed to have emotions. <laughs> he should have just come in and been like, womanly. Mm. Mm. She's hysterical. I recommend <laughs> dildos. <laughs> just dozens of them. <laughs> Flopping this way and that. <laughs> yeah, about as floppy as your shield there, Steve. <laughs> in fact, can I borrow that? <laughs> I've got an idea for that that involves a fondue fork and a 9-volt battery that'll probably fix this situation. Uh, so yes, Brackett just talks to Tina and eventually gets her to reveal that, oh, there we used to play a game where we would hide notes, and there was one time where I hid a note so good he could never find it, and it was in the hollow part of one of his fishing rods yeah oh man that conversation's so unpleasant too because he's just like you know you and your father were closer than any father or daughter ever has been or should be you had a special connection is there anything you two did together anything special that was just the two of you that you didn't want to talk to mommy about (laughs) anything that was your little secret (laughs) uh and then he goes and Oh, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't quite get the fishing rod yet. Oh, no, he does. Yeah, he goes he does. upstairs to get the fishing rod. And then uh, Wendy shows up because it's her job to go do this nice lunch thing. And she's like, hi, I'm here to take you to a nice. Oh, no, it's a gun. You'll need to get into the car. We're going to take a little ride. I feel like someone's already said that. If someone already said that, can we check the script? <laughs> no. What script? <laughs> We're just going off of bootleg copies of Mitchell at this point. <laughs> So, okay, now he's managed to kidnap both the women of the movie. Yep. Uh, he calls our Simon Mills, and he's like, look here, I have a neutron bomb. Also, I'm going to be doing something with it. I- y- you got to stay out of my sight, and especially keep Steve Rogers out of my sight. Yeah, I got the ladies, and if you know what's good for you, no one will come near me. And I'm like, why are you calling exactly? <laughs> Up to this point. No one knew who you were, and even after this call, Mills is like, it could have been anyone. I didn't recognize the voice. Somebody's got them. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it comes down to Captain America having super hearing, because he's like, he's like, I think I heard someone say something about connecting an oil truck to pump station seven. And put the tanker in station seven. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything to you? And he's like, hmm, hmm. no, wait. Yes, Jeff, wait, Jeff's no. Be- Jeff's best friend was an oil magnate who had his own refinery, the San Andreas Oil Company or something. Uh, oh, my God. He must be have been jealous of Jeff this whole time. For some reason. Yeah. And they're like, okay, give me a printout of all of the targets within however many 500, miles. 500 miles of Los Angeles. And the, the target list of things within 500 miles of Los Angeles is hilarious. It's nothing that you would think because it's all just like, yeah, there's there's a military base. There's a base or whatever. I'm like, you'd think you would go, 
what, like downtown L.A.? Yeah. Or, you know, what, like uh, Disneyland? I mean, he mentions he's going to blow them all up. He'll blow them all up. Yeah, oh, if you, you just wait. They're all going to die. Yeah. So you think he's going after a population center, but no, it's one of the two different gold re- re- repositories. They're like, oh, this far away, there's a gold repository with a hundred million in gold. And over here, one point four billion in bullion who would go after 90 million in gold when you can have a billion in gold he must be going to the phoenix one yeah and i'm like i i don't this ca- makes no sense as a plot to be like <laughs> the dude this is- incredibly rich person is going to set off a neutron bomb in order to kill everyone in the vicinity of this gold and then take the many many tons of gold it would take yeah i don't know how i don't know the exact value of gold in the 1970s but i can tell you that th- that that would be thousands and thousands of tons yeah somehow he's going to steal thousands of tons of gold and i guess expect that the U.S. government isn't going to immediately assassinate him, regardless of what he tries to do. Yeah, and his whole plan is, I'll detonate a neutron bomb, then I'll send guys with hazmat suits in there exactly eight minutes later, and they'll get the gold and load it onto helicopters, and then we'll escape. And I'm like, escape to where? Yeah, where are you going to go that, now that you have done the worst terrorist attack ever in any country that the u.s isn't just gonna go <laughs> no yeah you're dead we'll be like well i'm going to the cayman islands there's no extradition treaty there <laughs> you know what there is there a seal team that will murder you <laughs> it's the 1970s our foreign policy is basically fuck you yeah like what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> i don't understand his end game he's already rich he's an oil baron yeah some fucking oil magnate who's like well i just needed gold though that's what I wanted. I wanted a billion dollars in gold. I want a billion dollars of mega radioactive gold. I want gold that I can't possibly move because of how lethal it is to be around. <laughs> I want gold that I am definitely going to act. There's a line in it where he goes, the neutron bomb just kills people. It won't damage the gold. And I'm like, dude, come on. A neutron bomb is just a big nuke. It will vaporize the gold. I mean, the whole point of the neutron bomb was supposed to be that it would kill people in a very large radius around it, just radiation-wise. Mm, yeah. But... It also explodes. I mean, it does explode. It would just mean you don't drop the bomb on the place. You would drop it nearby such that the radiation kills everybody near it. I mean, that's how most nukes work as well. You're not supposed to drop them on the ground. They airburst to increase the spread of radioactive material. Yeah. In this case, of course, since he has it loaded into a crappy truck... I mean, there's a, there's one shot of him riding to the, the, the uh, Phoenix Gold Repository, sitting in the back of a shitty uh, truck with this thing just sort of roped into the center of the frame, and he's just sitting there reading a book and smoking a pipe. Yeah, he's just in some fucking lawn chair in the back of a truck with a neutron bomb reading good chuckle magazine and oh sensible chuckle (laughs) like i don't know what's happening here but his whole thing is also he's got a dead man switch that's on his chest and if his heart stops beating it'll set the bomb off and that's the insurance policy in case the cops show up is they won't be able to shoot him because then the bomb will go off but he doesn't tell anyone this which defeats the purpose of it, because nobody <laughs> yeah, knows like he has this on it him. It just looks like he's he's got an AM radio strapped to himself, and he's going to go to a baseball game like my great uncle used to do. The thing is, it's under his suit jacket, because obviously it's the 70s, everyone's wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. So you don't even really see it normally, which means if the cops show up and shoot him, everyone dies 
because you didn't broadcast that you have yeah. this dead man it's, switch. It, it only works if it's a threat. Uh, uh, but yeah, before he's, or, uh, Rogers has to be like, look, we can't all go in at once. He'll see what's coming and he'll destroy the bomb. And first of all, no, he won't. This dude's clearly not suicidal. No. He's, he's, he isn't doing this because of some ideology. He just wants to steal a bunch of gold. Yeah. He, he's, he, he's, oh, if we send in soldiers, we'll all get the bomb blown up. No, no I, don't I don't think, think so. This guy seems like he's got a strong sense of self-preservation to me. Uh, but but sure, if you if you want to if you want to act, that, it's not like he's some sort of maniacal terrorist. He's just a thief. Yeah. Uh, honestly, he's dealt a very dumb hand here. But uh, Roger's like, I should go in alone and stealthily. I'll go to his oil refinery and raid it alone. Um, and and he's like, yeah. And uh, Mills is like, yeah, you should go in alone. And you know what? You should wear a stealth suit so that people won't see you coming and won't know who you are. Yeah, you've th- already been attempted murder three times so far they know you and they want to kill you so instead you'll go in in disguise and then he gives him the brightest bluest suit of the world ah yes in the brightest suit in town under cover of day i shall make my way into the oil refinery (laughs) let's let's talk about what captain america looks like in this movie he's got a motorcycle helmet with big yellow safety goggles on it yeah uh with wings painted on the side uh it's it's a little clunky but not the worst Eh. i mean given that the next the uh the next person to play captain america has plastic human ears um (sighs) (laughs) on his helmet uh in in and then he's wearing a bright blue uh zip up pajama looking i mean i mean it's got like suspenders sort of like the wet the red and white stripes are along the shoulders down the side. So instead of Captain America normally has the stripe sort of on the midsection. Yeah, it looks like he's got a girdle of justice. In this one, it looks like he has suspenders of justice. <laughs> yes. He kind of looks like they, they took a lot to, or too much inspiration from Evil Knievel. Oh, yeah. It is very I'm, much like, hey, we're going to make you look like a stuntman daredevil. I'm just now realizing we skipped over the helicopter attack eh, earlier, which cares? I only want to mention. I know who cares. It's it's one of the, it's his first action sequence where he's actually does anything. But the thing I wanted to mention is that it's preceded. He gets attacked by a helicopter while he's riding a dirt bike around like the, the cool Captain America dirt bike. And he has been riding the dirt bike for 10 minutes of footage time. Oh, yeah. And he keeps doing press. There's but there's three little buttons on his stupid dirt bike. Uh, Jet assist. And and uh, I'm leaving silent mode. In silent mode, which he keeps pressing silent mode, and it just means they turn the foley off for the for the dirt bike, and it looks like he's riding a bike. Yeah, <laughs> he's just riding a bike, and he does it again here, and that's what reminded me. Uh, so he manages to find the scientist Toady here, mm-hmm. uh, who spills the beans about the bomb and everything that's going on and he tells also him defeats all the guards in the base by spraying oil on the ground and then just standing there laughing while <laughs> they fall go, whoop, 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 whoop. and he's just ha, 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 ha. i did that <laughs> yeah so the scientist tells him where the ladies are and he saves them mm-hmm. and he tries to question the scientist but i guess holds him by the collar too tight and the dude passes out yes but he does learn all the basic details that there's a bomb that there's a there he doesn't learn about the dead man switch he learns about the bomb and about where it's going and all that stuff yeah and uh <laughs> so it's just mills and rogers going to go stop this plot and so <laughs> mills in a helicopter with rogers flies out there mm-hmm. and is flying after the truck but they're like okay you can't just fly over there because, again, if he sees anyone, he's going to blow up a neutron bomb for some reason. So 
drop me off on a dirt road, make sure it's a dirt road now, Mm -hmm. and I'll get on my bike, and you'll see me bike around for five more minutes, and Mm. then I'll get it and stealth up there. And sure enough, we switch from footage of uh, him (laughs) dirt biking around on a Captain America bike in no costume to dirt biking around on a Captain America costume. Yay. And he dirt bikes around for five minutes, and then he manages to jump onto the tanker. Uh, He gets in there, and he beats up. uh, Well, what he does is he goes to the exhaust pipe that the truck has and he uses his super strength to bend it towards the little opening window mm-hmm. that is at the front of the uh containment unit so that all of the exhaust starts going in there and is making hayden pass out yeah. or no uh bracket. bracket bracket brackets passing out in there so we don't even get a cool fight scene just no he just does that yeah. and then his goons try to contact him because they hear Bracket being like, oh, there's a problem, blah, blah. Yeah. So they pull over, and he opens the door quickly at them, which mm. knocks both of them out of the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he finds Bracket, who is dying. Yeah, Bracket, who has inhaled so much smoke in the last two minutes that he is on the way out. Yeah, he's about to die, and he's like, hey, I think he's got a... He gets on a radio, and he's like, listen, man, I think he's got a dead man switch tape to him, and his breath's all raggedy and shitty. What should I do? I open his eyes, and I can just see the whites. And then we get to the big climax of this movie, which is uh, Steve Rogers in a Captain America costume assists a... Pe- a uh, Random paramedic who shows up exactly out that's from Mills. Out. It's oh, that's Mills. That's Mills. That was oh god. That's oh my god. That was Mills. I thought it was just a random paramedic who showed up and he was still on the radio to Mills in that scene. No, okay. Mills shows up and is like, "Yeah, here, here's an oxygen thing that I happen to have with me in my helicopter." Yeah. I guess so, so. They rescue the life of the bad guy and they're like, "Ha ha, we saved the day, all right." Yeah, let's not talk about anything else yeah let's just, we'll just go ahead and say everything's fine now cut to the next scene oh <laughs> uh, oh my god yeah captain america knocks the guy out by asphyxiating him with gas and then helps bring him back to life and that's the end of captain america captain america gets in no fights no fights There's i don't think captain america throws a punch yeah this entire movie no not, every not- time he takes someone out it's an oil slick uh, hurled meat hurled meat holding him by the collar, Mm -hmm. smoke or door. He never makes physical contact with anyone Mm -hmm. to, like, beat them up. Yeah, there's no punches. Uh, The next scene is just him hanging out in an office, or or no, it's in uh, Jeff Hayden's house uh, with Tina and Wendy and Mills, and he's like, oh, women, you're both safe. I better come over there and put my hands all over both of (laughs) you. It's the 70s. Just to make sure you know I'm a big man. Uh, And that's when we find out Apparently, Hayden's wife, who we all thought was dead because they're like, oh, she died in a plane crash. Yeah, they have a whole freak accident. She was dead thing. Yeah. And oh, why would he say his wife's name? She's dead. Oh, well, it turns out for this entire movie, she was held hostage by Brackett. And that was why Hayden was helping him with the pictures of the like neutron plans. Yeah. Is because uh, Brackett had Hayden's wife. Right. And instead of that being a major plot point, it it is just resolved here. It's just a random reveal and resolution in the same scene at the end of the film. They're like, hey, did you know Brackett had his wife? She's alive. Anyway, she's right over there. Why don't you say hi, Tina? Mommy! What? (laughs) That's kind of a big plot point to just say for two things of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and, And then Mills is like, hey, should we keep the Captain America project going? Yes. 
but I have a thought and a question and a demand. <laughs> I have, well, really more of a statement than a question. Yeah, and the and the. St- <laughs> I I have a two part question and statement I'd like to say beforehand. First of all, I love your work. <laughs> uh, I host a small movie night gathering here. Hi, ta- I have a podcast and <laughs> nope. Next, <laughs> I love. There's one of my favorite shows, movie shows to listen to is Flophouse, mm-hmm. and when they do live episodes, which God, wouldn't it be fun to do a live movie mastery at some point? Some point, you have to get way more famous. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh. <laughs> When they do a live episode, one of the guys is always like, look, when you're asking questions, don't ask anything that anyone else would be mad at you for asking. So if your question is about yourself or if you have a long rambling compliment you want to pay us or if any word out of your mouth is two part, then stop and reconsider and don't do that. Okay, please don't do any of those things. Just ask your question, and then go sit down. And invariably, he will go for five minutes on this topic. And they make fun of him for going too long. And then the first person comes up is always like, Hi, my name is Harley. I love all your work. Stuart, the thing I love most about you. And no one stops them. It's uh, always just he gives this long rambling speech and then there is no enforcement. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, Steve is like, hey, uh, you know, if we're going to keep doing this, I want to look exactly like my dad. Which is like, what? Oh, hold on. You want plastic surgery to look like your dad what are you talking about i need to look exactly like my dad did when he did this why but what <laughs> what are you talking about don't you think it's enough to uphold his legacy do you do you specifically have to look like him what are you talking about but instead they're like yeah that's right red brown you should look just like your dad or whatever the fuck you just said what the fuck what the fuck did he just say <laughs> uh, i guess what he actually means is the original Captain America costume, so now he's got the, the you know, the midsection stripes. Yeah, and the your, stripe girdle and the bucket boots. Yeah. The only difference is, instead of a standard, like, cowl, he's got the uh, motorcycle, the motorcycle helmet. Yeah. helmet still. Yeah, but but it's funny because I, I, he's like, yeah, and he look exactly like my dad. And then everyone just sort of nods approvingly. Oh, yeah. And we mm-hmm. cut to dirt biking footage. <laughs> It's so good that they're like, oh, we're we're going to end this movie the way that it lived with shots of dirt biking. So he dirt bikes around for another three or four minutes, and then he finally dirt bikes up to Mills, who's like, yes. Mm. And he gets off, and I, I think unless you were like an avid comic book reader, you'd be like, what the fuck just happened? Why am I watching this? Because all he's done is change costumes a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess he's wearing the original Captain America costume plus motorcycle helmet now, so... Okay. Yeah, I, sure, I guess that's a... Why didn't you just do that in the first place? What the fuck's the point of this scene? Yeah. Why the evil Knievel get up? Why, if you were planning on having him be in this costume, why did you need him to not be in this costume? Because it's not like the two sentences of, I want to look like exactly like my dad did, mm-hmm. means anything in this, because we never saw his dad in the costume, yeah. or at all. or no, And no one acknowledges at any point that, oh yeah, your dad was a superhero in the 40s and 50s. It doesn't come up. We're like, where, where uh, when he gives him the suit, he's not like, oh yeah, my dad used to run around and fight crime in a blue suit. <laughs> he's just like, that's a crazy idea. Why would I wear a, a, a Scooby-Doo motorcycle costume? <laughs> and it's just, it's so weird to suggest that he is a legacy hero, given that no one acknowledges the original Steve Rogers beyond saying that he was some kind of crime fighter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you would think they would at least put something in where like he gets into the outfit and some goon sees him when he's like at the refinery or something and they're like my god is that captain america i remember that from many years ago what the movie really needed was a 
old tattered edge sepia tone photo of his dad in the costume yes that needed to be like look son this was your father this was what he actually looked like when he left to go do science and he hands him a picture of straight up like old world war ii footage captain america maybe with that you know that that other shield yeah the uh, the pointy shield the pointy shield and have him go huh my dad was a hero yeah, but there's a lot of things that should have happened in this that did not. It should have been like, look, son, this was your dad. He hands him an old photo and he looks at it and it's just sepia-toned dirt bike racing for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> How is this moving? That's advanced polymer technology, son. We're wizards. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Five minutes of dirt biking and then Reb Brown being like, Thumbs up. I'm in a different costume. And then we finally get our credits, which include a credit for Stan Lee because he was like a consultant on yeah, this project. consultant, Stan Lee. Yeah. Stan, let me ask you something. <laughs> what consulting did you do? Did you just say, I will allow you to put my name on this for money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, you'd think at any point he'd be like, feels like there's too much dirt bike footage in this. <laughs> hey, did, did anybody know what Captain America's all about? Seems like he's not throwing a shield or a punch this whole time. <laughs> Have you guys seen the cover, the one where he's punching Hitler? That's like the whole thing. There's uh, there's actually an entire Captain America storyline about him stopping a madman with a bomb, and he definitely punches people. I just need you to know that. <laughs> Why'd you give him an evil Knievel suit? I mean, I'm the idiot behind Nomad, and I know it's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. And then, I, I do like the, the comics or the uh, movies credits cut to a picture of that era's Captain America, like the 1970s version of it. Oh, yeah. It just shows a picture of classic, comic book Captain America. Classic Captain America art. And you're like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, that looks way better. And uh, I, I would be willing to bet, though I, I did not learn about the existence of the second Red Brown Captain America movie until today. Uh, I would be willing to bet that he goes back to the evil Knievel costume for the at the beginning of it. Uh, I don't know that he does. Because I think I saw a picture of that one, and he's just in the actual outfit now uh, for uh, the rest of that. Okay, well, that's cool. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, that was the end of the movie. There's no more Captain America to be discussed, except for the other five Captain America films that exist. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe someday mm-hmm. we'll watch one of those other ones. Well, probably just one of the two other ones. That, I mean, yes. I don't I, think we're going to watch the, the sequel or the yeah. car-stealing one. Yeah, <laughs> the Matt Salinger car-stealing one is my favorite. <laughs> He keeps pretending to be sick so he can steal his friend's cars. Captain America. <laughs> Known car thief. In that movie, he is completely a car thief. Also, Matt Sa- that was one of like two starring roles from Matt Salinger, who is J.D. Salinger's son. Ooh. Interesting. Weird Hollywood factoid. Ooh. Tidbits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reb Brown, famously, is Poop's son. <laughs> a Poop's. Mm-hmm. A Poop. Greg Proops. Great. His name was his name was Poop McBrown. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. He lost the Mick part of his name because he thought it would play better. Ellis Island, you know. Yeah, you know. it was a Hollywood thing. There was already a McBrown. McBrown. Uh, already a Reb McBrown in Hollywood. Okay, so let's go ahead and give our best and worst in this movie, Jeff. I want to ask you. What was your favorite thing in this Captain America 1979 version? Um, man, there's this is just boring, very uniform 70s shit from start to finish. It really I is. I guess that was kind of a rockin' van. <laughs> kind of a rockin' van. Okay. All right. The van looked kind of cool. Uh, I mean, 
I it do, featured a van I, I want. I guess I kind of appreciated Reb Brown's exceedingly dumb performance, where there's so many shots of people explaining Captain America shit to him, and him just looking there, looking straight ahead with an impression, with an expression that basically said, "Should I buy grapes?" <laughs> there is at least two scenes in this where the end of the scene lingers mm-hmm. for probably two to three seconds longer than it needs to, and it's just focused on Reb Brown, sort of looking at the floor with his mouth slightly open like oh oh i think i like red balloons better than blue ones <laughs> like why who's editing this it's for- i mean obviously it's the 70s no one's editing anything no at least it's why you get 10 minutes of dirt biking at, at least we have dirt biking in this one instead of sheriff's offices yeah we've got that going for us but i'll no, say there was definitely more establishing shots of people going places yeah than telephone calls where you only get one and a half of it in someone's paneled office if you were to just watch this movie to learn what the 70s were like you'd be like man america's road infrastructure was not in place yet <laughs> it's it was just dirt paths to everything <laughs> ah california the dirt path to america <laughs> uh, uh so yeah i'm gonna say the van was kind of rocking and i like the scenes of the uh of the captain america cycle launching out the back of it great that was good classic captain america good times what was your favorite thing Oh, I have to say, probably my favorite thing in this is going to be the costume, because it is atrociously bad. <laughs> it is so bad. And it's so specific. It's it, it, like, what? With the see-through on the shield and the 70s style, like, ver- like diagonal line fill on the, on the front, you're just like, this is... This it, was it, the it, worst decision. <laughs> Who saw this and was like... Yes. Not tell Rob Liefeld is someone going to fuck up Captain America this badly. It's honestly, it's the motorcycle helmet that does it for me more (laughs) than anything. Having your superhero show up in a big, chunky motorcycle helmet when the rest of him just looks like I'm wearing a jumpsuit means he's going to look like evil Knievel regardless of what you do. I mean, you have to take into account that in the 1970s, the only thing people thought was cooler than having like hairy, hairy sex and fondue (laughs) uh was was dirt bikes that was the coolest thing the 70s could be yeah Mm -hmm. well there you go yeah but yeah no that costume i love it i love everything about how awful it is yeah no it was extremely bad uh worst thing in the movie uh mm, uh, the man uh the endless scenes of dirt biking (laughs) i mean you could go ahead and do that i i might i might actually give it to the wendy relationship Okay. Because it goes nowhere. Oh, yeah. There's it no a scene and nothing else. <laughs> he leans in for a kiss, and she's like, yeah, that was nice. Anyway, it'll never happen again, and there's no resolution to it, and there's no point to it. Yeah, and I think even just... when I get rescued, there's no, like, ooh, hey, we'll see you later. There's no, nothing. She, he literally just yells at her, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's the weirdest. There's a lot of things in this movie that feel like they needed further explanation, and that was definitely one of them. Oh, yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, I have to go with the villain plot. Oh, that's fair, yeah. The villain uh, plot in this... We're both leaving the shield alone. I almost just said the shield. No. Nah. No, I love the shield. It's part of the costume, and I love it. Okay. I love everything about it. <laughs> the worst thing is the villain plot of, I am a rich man who needs to be richer, and I shall do so with a neutron bomb. <laughs> like, that's um mildly excessive. It was, uh, yeah, it was a little much, and also it was a little nonsensical. Because his whole plan was, like, use a neutron bomb to blow up Phoenix... Uh, to steal a bunch of gold, which apparently helicopters will have no trouble coming in right after the bomb blast and just steal all this gold. Yeah, he's going to get some to come in. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it was very nonsensical. It was the dumbest plan for so many reasons. I, I still can't get over his 99 cent store salad bowl of a shield. I'm sorry. I know you liked it, <laughs> but, but to me it was like, what are you, what, are you serious? With oh, that it was thing? hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was probably a saving grace for me in the movie because every time I saw it, I was like, wow, are you kidding? It's never not wobbling around. <laughs> there was no point where that looks stable. That's great. <laughs> Uh, all right, so now we are going to give the movie, each of us, a rating 0 to 5, which will give it a rating out of 10. Jeff? Uh, I got to throw this a one and a half. It was, there's parts of it that are amusing a little bit where it's like, ah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But there is so much just driving footage and establishing shots and people expositing in, in uh, doctor's offices. It's just boring. It's, it's it like everything else in the 70s, it's just filler the movie. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like I said... Movie's about an hour and a half. We don't even get any sort of Captain America-esque stuff until about an hour in. And it's not like the first hour is really interesting backstory and character development. It's just Reb Brown getting run off of roads and kidnapped over and over again mm -hmm. and occasionally just being chill. Yeah. So it's I'm, I'm going to have to throw out the one and a half for how boring this is. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm... I think I'm also going to give it a one and a half. It is only watchable because of how bad stuff looks. Yeah. Like this is one of those movies that'd be best boiled down to a clip show. Oh yeah. Like, if like you go uh, to YouTube and just look up the 79 Captain America. It will give you the highlight reel of mm. throwing the shield that wobbles him running around a oil refinery and you'll get, most of the shots that are hilarious and bad yeah. without having to watch 25 minutes of dirt biking. There are several movies that are like this. What's the Nick Cage movie where he's yelling about bees? Oh, uh, the Wicker, Wicker Man? Man? Wicker Man is one of those for me, where the movie famously has him punching a bear and stealing a kid's bicycle. Yelling and about how yell did it get burned. Yeah, it, but, but those highlights are true highlights. The rest, the rest of the movie is just him desultorily wandering around a, a quaint town mumbling to himself. It is immensely boring. So it's one of those movies that should just be the highlight reel. Yeah. And that's pretty much the same here. Yeah. I mean, you don't even... You don't even get the same level of nonsense that you would expect from Reb Brown. Yeah. Yeah. No, normally, he's going to say something extra dumb. But I think the fact that they wanted to make his character just be chill dude... Yeah, I think they were trying to switch, like, what would the set late 70s everyman hero be? Because Captain America's always been the great everyman. Uh, uh, I guess some stoner in a van? Yeah, some California dude who used to be in the military but left that life behind, man. Yeah, it's a weird choice. So, three out of ten total from us. Super boring. It's a, it's a lot of shitty footage <laughs> that you don't need to see. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us. We are going to keep putting out all of this content for you. It's what we do here. SystemMasteryPodcast.com is where you can find all of our shows, everything we do. And if you want an easy RSS feed with everything we've got and you'd like to access some bonus content, you can go to Patreon.com slash SystemMastery. Mm -hmm. Support us there. Anything helps. Obviously, I understand that Times are a little rough for everyone right now. Yeah, they completely are. Uh, we've got a bunch of nonsense going on, but we are going to do 
everything we can to bring you some content to keep you somewhat sane during quarantine times. That's right, because I, John and I are too fast of friends to possibly quarantine from each other. Uh, so we are going to keep making episodes. We're just gonna we're just gonna shoulder the burden and keep going through. Yep, we're making stuff for you, and maybe we'll even make more stuff for you. Who knows? We'll try. We'll do whatever we can. Good Lord for knows you. we've only we're only two days into several months of this shit. So oh, yeah, I mean, at least several months. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so from our California bunker to you, thank you so much. <laughs> we will be back in another couple of weeks with more movie mastery, and until then. You have a good one.